All right, guys, welcome to the Fights Finish podcast. On this episode, we have for the first time ever two guests. Uh, we invited two special friends uh, who recently started a podcast over at Rogue Dynamics, and they are experts in fields way more advanced than what CC and I know about. So we found an opportunity to get them on, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Fights Finish podcast. Enjoy, guys. All right, guys, welcome to the Fight to Finish podcast. My name is R1S, and with me is my co-host and wife, Cece. And on the podcast today, we have two very special guests. I think this is the first time on the podcast ever we've had two guests uh, at the same time, but I think this is a unique opportunity. Uh, we have Logan and Allie of Road Dynamics. Um, your guys' podcast is Tier Lines, is that correct? Tearlines. Tearlines. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Tearlines. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we... I, I've known Logan for quite some time and, and, uh, Allie and you guys started ta- your podcast recently. And I thought this was a great opportunity to reach out and just kind of get you guys on and talk about a little bit about you got yourselves, um, your podcasts and kind of, uh, I think you guys are experts in your own field, but I won't take that light from you. Uh, could you guys explain a little bit about who you are individually and, and kind of what you guys do? You don't mind? Sure. sure. Allie, you want to go, go first? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to push it on to him. Um, I'll start because he'll just try to push it back onto me. <laughs> so my name's Allie. I live in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Um, I currently work in cybersecurity, got my master's degree from Johns Hopkins, but uh, got my undergrad in political science from Arizona State, which is kind of a, a lot of far from where I am now. Um, for sure. I, I started out in politics and then slowly just kind of got into the government consulting world, started out in software development, did that for a little bit, went into cybersecurity policy for a little bit, went into the defensive side for cybersecurity for a little bit. Um, now I'm kind of working as a program engineer, I guess is my official title, but that means absolutely nothing, of course, <laughs> and kind of just do it all yeah. at the moment. Um, a little bit of programming, a little bit of cybersecurity, a little bit of development. Um, and then on the side, I am currently studying for my OSCP. So for people that don't know what the OSCP is, it is a certification from Offensive Security, and it is a 24-hour exam. So I'm currently finishing up my first 90 days of coursework for Whoa. it, which is all about basically hacking, red teaming, offensive security side of things. Yeah. Uh, probably going to extend that training a little bit longer just because I haven't had the time to really sit down and focus as much as I'd like. But sure. at the end of that, you know, I'll hopefully come out with my OSCP and we'll go from there. But that's kind of my uh, my quick and dirty um, about me with my work life. Personal, uh, I race cars. I do autocross. I'm building a track car. What? Um, I was rushing over to get off of my my simulator to, to make some coffee and get up here so I could record this with you guys today. Well, thank you. But yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's me in a nutshell. We can talk more about that. That's interesting with the auto X. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Logan. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm Logan. Let's see. What do I actually do? Um, <laughs> it's complicated. I pretty much just get to travel and, uh, do what I jokingly refer to as marketing for the the U.S. government or other entities at their direction. Um, I think I've got, what, 24 years in the military total, a couple of combat arms jobs, um, 
then I switched over to kind of this field, got a bachelor's in business, a couple of associates in intelligence. Um, and right now I am working for the DOD in East Africa on uh, violent extremist organizations. So that's yeah, uh... do a little bit of everything. Um, I used to be a director of marketing at a telecommunications company. Uh, I've had a good time just kind of running around doing a little bit of everything. And then uh, obviously we do a little consulting on the side and then we've got Rogue as well. Yeah. You know, um, when when I approached you for this podcast, uh, CC was like, what does Logan do? And I was like, actually, I have no clue. <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of everywhere. And, I, and, and she's like, how long have you known him? I was like a couple of years now. And that's kind of it's really good or really scary that I don't know what you do, but I don't care. I don't, it's not important to me, but now yeah. we have some sort of basis of, I guess, what do what you do, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I think in my head, I imagine you as like, what, uh, what's that show? Jack Ryan. You just like go around. Like, <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to stick with that image. Cause I, I think, <laughs> I think it's far more exciting than what he actually does. Yeah, that's way, way more exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I I did do some time as a classically trained analyst um, with different agencies, uh, and Jack Ryan's a great bit of fantasy, <laughs> right? It's it's awesome. Um, but you know, a lot of I would say eight out of ten of my analysts, if I was like, "Hey, let's get in the car and go downtown," they'd be like, mm, "Yeah, yeah, that's not my job. <laughs> I'm going to stay here." Uh, I, but yeah, I think um, you know, uh, obviously, kind of uh, not obviously, but. I think, I think where our Logan, where our paths crossed was I think when you were somewhat in the the GoRuck space, um, some back, somewhat back in the day. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Did you were you kind of spearheaded Trek or uh, Jedberg? Which one did you have kind of in, involvement? Both. In? Both. Okay. Um, we worked on Trek, and then the last event when I was working for them that I did was Jedberg zero zero. So, mm, okay. and that was where the, the paths kind of diverged. Sure. They went more of a, an event style endurance thing. Yeah, yeah. And I really was interested in teaching the skill sets and helping people understand their environments as well as there's obviously a physical uh, element to it that makes it better if you're stressed out. Cause then you understand what you're really going to do when your brain exactly. does the chemical dumb. Yeah. But I wanted to focus more on skill sets and I think they went another direction and, but yeah, Trek was great, man. We had a blast. I wish um, I did it. I wish I did it. <laughs> the Vegas it was a one. lot of fun. So yeah, for our view listeners, not viewers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you guys heard, heard me talk about Judberg and how fun was that was with the, the, the skill set, the class portion of it, which is what you're talking about, which you want to do more of, which is great because that was my favorite portion of it. Um, well, and then the application side of it, obviously. But uh, Trek, Trek was, uh, well, the ones I was aware of were in Vegas and Trek was pretty much like a, a snippet, if anything, of like covert operations and uh, you espionage I, since i didn't do it kind of sure. what was your intention around it like can you kind of briefly explain what it was for people that are new to kind of go ruck or don't know anything about go ruck like what trek was sure yeah and they don't do the event anymore yeah. so i don't feel like i'm giving away their their mystique or anything <laughs> but so trek was kind of a a cross breed of an endurance event with uh some tradecraft um baseline stuff as far as casing, dead drops, just stuff that you can learn 
open Online. source. Nothing yeah. was, yeah, nothing was going crazy. We weren't doing anything off the reservation or anything like yeah. that. But, and then you got a couple days of, of, you know, education portion classroom. And then we kind of threw you out and made you run operations oh, what? for a couple days, uh, nonstop. So it was the typical stress environment, get them up at two o'clock and be like, Hey man, your guy wants to meet and do a dead drop. So go now, you know, and they've got a plan. They've got to run the route. They've got to do their operation. And it was, it was like, it was a good time. Yeah. It was a good time. We kind of evolved it from, Let's see. There was one in DC. There was one in Jacksonville. There was one in Vegas. Um, and there were, I think some other ones in between, but yeah, it was, it was a great learning experience for people and kind of gave them a taste of skills that are really sexy and romantic to a lot of people as far as like Jack Ryan stuff or James Bond stuff, or we have a saying, don't be JB. Cause you're not, you're not James Bond, Jack Bauer, <laughs> Jason Bourne. For some reason, all the super spook, movies have jb in the name but uh that's oh, funny i never got a little bit of a taste and run them out yeah <laughs> no i yeah. think um you know it's uh i really enjoyed the class learning i think if anything uh, moving forward for cc and i that we implement in our in our just kind of uh wants in our own li- personal lives is uh to educate ourselves more so that we can be more prepared i think mm-hmm. with in the previous episode that hasn't aired yet um, for us is that we, this pandemic has kind of bring to light a lot of um, opportunities. I like to say in our own uh, preparedness drills, right? I I like to think Cece and I have been kind of more prepared than the average couple or people, you know, we, we do have bailouts. Mm -hmm. She, you know, one of the things that attracted me about her is that when I met her, she was like, I want this or I already have a go bag. I'm kind of prepared. And, you know, since we live in California and the, the Bay Area for us is is we are susceptible sure. to like uh, earthquakes, right? And wildfires now, right? So we do talk about things of being prepared and just uh, taking classes. I think she approached me recently and was like, I, I we need to take a firearms slash medic class. Just be prepared. Like we're not doctors, sure. but if we can triage something real fast that just increases our survivability mm-hmm. right and so i think Absolutely. you know it's good to have podcasts such as yours even to talk about uh the digital environment i think that's kind of where mm-hmm. you know the aim is with your guys's first few episodes with uh, the digital security um ali right. question um in terms of how how easy well i don't want to say how easy because i don't want to have people like oh i can go find that information uh like well, let's just talk about zoom right like okay. and, and these zero day things that you guys talked about in one of your guys's episode because now that i've aware of it prior to the episode i wasn't uh, aware of what a zero day was and then now it's all over my feed and <laughs> i saw like something about iphone or apple and i was like oh yeah. crap should i be scared like um for the for the normal person um that's listening what is a zero day what should we can be concerned about zoom and and stuff like that during during this pandemic where everybody's at home on a digital device so for for the average person there i don't want to say there isn't a lot to worry about with a zero day but as long as they're you know practicing good cyber hygiene they're keeping their their devices updated patched um they're, they have strong passwords. They have kind of all of the very generic things that you can do, like the very easy security mechanisms you can have in place. They probably don't need to worry about a zero day. 
that's not to say that it's not going to happen because mm-hmm. um, as we've mentioned on the podcast, cyber will change day by day, hour by hour. I'll read something in the news and then two hours later, it's going to be something very different because it just evolves that quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the average zero day, you're not going to have to worry about. A lot of them anymore are going to have to be so targeted to a CEO or upper management or somebody because they are costing you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to find a zero day. Yeah. So it's not like the average cyber criminal can just say, hey, I want to attack my neighbor. I'm going to go out and find a zero day mm-hmm. that I can yeah, yeah. use against them. It's yeah, not yeah. that easy. Yeah. Um, really what people need to be more concerned about is these data breaches and having passwords and usernames that are out there on the internet, whether it be the dark web or whether it be, you know, on the open internet, even with web crawlers, they're fairly easy to find. But if you have two-factor authentication set up and you have your secure password set up, it's less of a concern for you. So your information, even if your username and your password gets compromised in a data breach that you have no control over whatsoever, then as long as you have two factors set up, they're not they're still not going to get into your account. Got it. Yeah. So those are kind of the 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 easy things for the average person. They do need to to be concerned, of course. I mean mm-hmm. you're you're concerned walking down the street from a physical security standpoint. You never know if the person that you're walking that's walking across the street from you is crazy or not. I it's just true. Absolutely. There's always something to be concerned about no matter where you are and what you're doing. Yeah. It's just being aware. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think um I, I think with I think now that I'm working in a space where I've started to become more conscious of these things um, and then, you know, kind of uh, listening to your guys' podcast has made me more kind of like, eh, maybe I should just think about it more and just be more aware of like everything prior now is it's just been two, two factor authentication. Now, granted, selfishly, I, I like the some of the things you guys talked about in your podcast was uh, keeping your password string, not generic, but also keeping it as like a, a sentence that you can remember. Mm-hmm. I love that because I never thought about that. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where like, what do I come with a password and I can't remember it. So I have to always reset my password. But yeah. I think I really love that simple tool of just making it a, a an oddball sentence that you can remember so that way you can kind of gain access and turn on two, two-factor authentication with it too. Yeah. And I mean, even better than doing a, a long sentence where all of your words are jumbled together. Mm-hmm. If you, there are some, um, like a Gmail, you can probably put a space in your password and adding a space into your password is going to actually block any attempts of somebody trying to break your password. Mm-hmm. But not all accounts allow you to put a space. So a lot of places they say special characters, but no spaces. So it's something that I, I like to recommend to people, but it's also you have to be aware of what accounts are going to let you add a space in your paragraph into sure. your password and what accounts won't. Sure. Because it's it's hard to say always out of space because most places aren't actually going to let you do that, unfortunately. Yeah. How how legit are those um, you know, check if you're you know, emails been compromised websites where uh, I, maybe I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, wait, now I'm thinking about it. Maybe I shouldn't have put my email in there to see if it's been breached, but it'll give you basically a list of where a da- your, your email's kind of been and if it's been susceptible to like a data breach. Are, are those websites kind of legit? Just out of curiosity. I mean, if you're just giving your your email address, like have I been pwned? Yeah, exactly. Com is one of the, the well-known ones. I've used it before. You're giving them your email address. Are they probably storing that and collecting on that information? 
Probably, Probably yeah. I would assume so. But it's you're not giving them a password. Yeah. And this is why I like to use junk email addresses for a lot. Like I have a I have a few different email addresses. I have my Proton Mail accounts that are encrypted. I have my regular Gmail account that's kind of I've had for most of my life that nothing really important goes to it. Mm-hmm. And then I have a couple others just to kind of have if I just need to throw out a junk email for something. Like if yeah. I want to sign up for a mailing list, but to get a coupon or something, it doesn't matter because it's Same. just a junk email. <laughs> Same, absolutely. I don't care if they have that email address. Take it. Go, go ahead. Well, and I'm sure they're going to use it for marketing, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you have been ripped, so then they're going to market to you. But does that really hurt? Like, yeah. It's yeah, sure. It's annoying. Sure, you can unsubscribe, whatever. But they're all, all they're doing is comparing your email address to a list yeah. of things that were stolen in a data breach. It's yeah. not giving them access. Yeah. Is it on the dark web? Probably. Yeah. Almost, I guarantee you, all of us have at least one email address on the dark web right now. Oh, no. It is what it is. Oh, no. <laughs> from, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from a, um, so just a little bit about myself, I work in the e-commerce space. So selfishly, I'm that guy too that wants your email. And I do also sure. embed like, you know, on the webs on my websites i embed some sort of tracking pixel so i can kind of monitor behavior but mm-hmm. you know it's scary thinking about both sides of the coin here like me selfishly being an e-commerce person is like i want to see your sure. click-through behavior so i can market better to you but also mm-hmm. me being consumer right. i was like i kind of don't want that <laughs> i don't want i don't <laughs> yeah. want i don't want my amazon search showing up on facebook you know and i think yeah. yesterday i was on the market for we we, we were riding our bikes and some guy approached me about uh, my bike and asked about, Oh, have you heard of, you know, um, this bicycle shop? And he said it, he said the name. And then later on in the day, we start talking to her mom about where she can buy a bike. And next thing you know, on Google search, it pops up, whether that yep. was just a coincidence or whatever. It was like the first thing that popped up. And I was like, mm, I like that, but I don't like that. You know, it's kind of a catch 22 like for that, me. It's like that creepy thing where you're like, man, Google's like always listening to us. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. They are like, the job. Yeah, that's what we that's what we use them for. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you know, it's you know, it's a catch twenty two. Like I said, I'm comfortable with it to a degree. Then then there are some times where like mm, I'm not comfortable with that. I I don't know. I don't. I have mixed feelings, and that's absolutely. Just <laughs> There's different times when you're like, oh, I know I'm putting this email in and I'm just going to get junk mail, yeah. but I really don't want to pay full price for that either because I'm not a sucker. <laughs> so here's my junk email address, right? And we all know it's going to come back and get us later. Oh, but for sure. Is it malicious or yeah. marketing? And that's the line, right? Yeah. You can take the same tools that we use for marketing. And, and that goes back to part of the reason that Allie and I teamed up for Terralines is Allie's got that cyber knowledge that I just don't have. I primarily interact with humans in horrible places that have flexible morality like myself and can do what needs to be done. But at the same time, I can be super squirrely and do all this really cool stuff to stay off the radar. And if my phone is broadcasting my location, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Especially if you're looking at a foreign actor or my general rule for enemy activity on the public level is 10 years. So you've got a 10-year cycle before it hits mainstream. Mm. So now when people are hitting cartel drug houses for some of the enforcer types, you're finding those Magpul videos that oh, were yeah. out you know, a long time years ago. and years ago yeah, yeah. sitting on shelves. Yep. They're getting training now. Yep. So that evolves 
the threat knowledge. So yeah. we've been running cyber issues long enough now that you've passed that 10-year cycle. Mm. So now the average person can do things that they couldn't do before, which may be marketing, may be malicious. But yeah. if you take a lot of time curating your personal safety, why not work on your digital awareness and safety as well, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, But on the flip side, yeah. really quick, just if we don't have that digital footprint, we don't have an email address, address associated yes. with us, we don't have any kind of person out there on the internet. Yeah. I think that's even weirder. Why? I understand yeah, exactly. people don't want Facebook. They don't want Instagram. But if if you're my parents' age, okay, fine. I get it. Like, yeah. My dad doesn't have a Facebook. He's never going to have a Facebook. Yeah. And that, I, I mean, took me years to get him on an iPhone and actually learn how to text <laughs> or call me. But it, that's his generation. Yeah. But absolutely. for people that are, you know, my age or a little younger, a little older, either way, they don't have a digital footprint. I'm wondering what they're doing, why mm, they don't have one. It's very and I think suspect. That's, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you go both sides of the coin, right? If I can't Google you, something's up. But at the same time, if I can, you don't want to go too far. Yeah. Right. Like we have this debate constantly. I don't I don't like my face on the internet because frankly, I know people are selling your persona and your information and all that to get money. And I just don't think it's it's not something I like, right? It goes too far into that privacy. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I have coworkers that have no digital presence whatsoever. Mm. And we have arguments all the time over which one's more weird, which one stands <laughs> out more. And I think it's just, you know, yeah, it is what it is at this stage. From, from, so, well, I have a question. Yeah, so working yeah. in the physical security field, I've come across like a few, um, I've interacted a lot with like our intelligence team. Um, and the one thing that they've always said is I refuse to have a Facebook. Like I'll have other social media, but definitely not Facebook. And I've asked them like, why is that? But no one will tell me the reason why. Like what's so terrible about Facebook? Can you guys shed some light on that? (laughs) I think they're just trying to be the cool, trendy hipster. (laughs) Honestly, because like I have Facebook and I don't post anything on Facebook. So I think I would rather have a Facebook and post you know, pictures of my baking or pictures of my dog or pictures of my car. Yeah. I don't post anything on it. And I think it's, and it's still locked down. So you can't search for me by, maybe if you have one of my email addresses, you can search for me. But otherwise, you it's not impossible to find me, but it's also not as easy as just typing in my name. Mm, right. So I'd rather have it and have it that way. And it, at least just show that I, there's something out there for me yeah. than not have anything at all. Yeah. Like a digital presence at least. Yeah. Question question for you, Logan. Go ahead. Got a lot of the dudes that are trying to. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you've got a lot of the people that want to do what Ali was referring to, right? Like look like the, the cool kid or whatever, the spy that's running around. But if you really think about the job of someone that's going to conduct espionage, it would be to never look like those people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of the people just take it a little far and they, you know, they're, they're stashing lockpicks and behind their zipper and their pants. And I'm like, bro, you go through secondary at an airport, they are going to tear you up for no reason. <laughs> and then what are you going to say? Oh, I just like lockpicks. I'm not a spy or anything. 
But you know what that sounds like? You're lying. Yeah. And now I'm still going to screw with you even more yeah. going through these security points. Yeah. And it's just You know not- what I found is you cannot fly with two laptops, two phones, and a lock picking set. They don't like you when Ooh. you do that. <laughs> I, I went to That's DEF CON. Yeah, I went to okay. DEF CON uh, two years ago and I had my burner laptop because I was doing a training course. So I just wanted a laptop that was yeah. for nothing. Yeah. And then I had my work phone, my personal phone, which were both going to be shut off the whole week anyway. So it was just there to make my boss happy. And then I had my normal laptop that was really only used on the plane. I just didn't want to use my burner laptop because I didn't have it connected to anything. Sure. And they were not happy. <laughs> but all I learned is Suspect. just take all of the electronics out. And it's funny because I have TSA Pre and they're like, you don't have to take your laptop out. I'm like, Trust me, I do need to. <laughs> you guys won't let me through without it. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to DevCon J- just just to kind of just hear some of. Obviously, you can after the fact watch some of the the the, the conferences or whatever. Um, but you know, I also am scared because it's like, oh, you're going to this community where it's kind of championed that try to hack me, you know, and it's or at least that's how I perceived it, right? And uh, I've always just wanted to go just to see some of the cool talks and stuff like that. And uh, is it always held in the same place? Like, Yeah, it's, so it's always in Vegas. They've uh, moved hotels a few times. So I think this year was supposed to be in a different hotel. Mm-hmm. It's to be determined whether we're gonna ha- they're going to have it or not. Yeah. I think that there definitely is a perception of, oh, if I go to DEF CON, I'm definitely going to get hacked. Yeah. And it's not as bad as people actually okay. think. People are on their... I mean, you you will see some people that have like the old school flip phones and have everything <laughs> locked down. But as long as you're not connecting to any networks, as long as you're not logging on to your bank account, even over right, your yeah. just regular cellular connection, like it's it's not that bad. People are walking around with their iPhones. They're walking around with their MacBooks, their regular like laptops that are yeah. definitely not their burner laptops. They're walking around with their Apple Watches. And I've, they do have a well, wall of There's kids' events. What? Yeah, and there's kids' events. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know they that. She told me that. Too. What? <laughs> That's yeah, so it's, cool. it's really, they've tamed it down. And I've heard that this is actually a complaint for people that have been going to DEF CON since the beginning, yeah. that it's kind of gotten a little like plush and yeah. just people aren't, doing the same things that they used to do yeah. so you know it's it's because of a, a uh, like one of the talks a couple it's very old now but it's one of the reasons why on on any of my Macs I just covered the the webcam when I saw mm-hmm. that they can this guy could remote into his stolen laptop his stolen Mac and enable the camera so he could actually catch the guy that <laughs> that stole his computer and I was like what you can enable it without the green light on I was like I'm covering that thing up fast so ever yep. since I saw that like five or six years ago I've always just made it a point to cover my my camera and everybody thought it was weird but now all of a sudden it's like the popular thing to do like webcams now come with covers you know and and you can yeah. just you know uh cover it up and you know audio too like you know I, I have I always have a jack in my in my um just a regular 3.5 jack that goes to nowhere because you never know, right? It's just one of those things yeah. where I'm conscious of it now. I'm not, you know, kind of one of those paranoid people. It's just like, mm, just in case these are low cost methods, like a, pe- exactly. a post-it note on my webcam. Uh, yeah. Just, just, it's a simple mechanism. Ha- having a, a headphone jack plugged into my my computer just stops anybody from tr- hopefully trying <laughs> trying to listen. Not that I have sensitive data, but, you know, it's just those low cost methods. But um Kind of one something that I wanted to ask you earlier, Logan, is um, I think uh, from a social, how 
are do you how you know one of the selfishly sometimes cc and i will employ some social engineering tactics just to like get a free coupon or get special service okay. let's be honest here that's all our win. i just stand there and enjoy the benefits i mean a, a lot goes a little goes a long way with just trying to talk to people well nicely and just try to get gain information out of them so that way it makes you kind of establish a relationship but recently i think we talked about this offline but we can talk about this here you recently started kind of reading a book i started reading a book called uh never split the difference by chris Voss. uh Mm -hmm. awesome book i'm not done with it yet so um i don't i don't know everything that says in there but it's been really interesting um and i'm like still like kind of playing around with it i think the one thing that i've been playing around with the most is mirroring and i didn't Mm -hmm. realize like Mm -hmm. how effective that is or even um I don't know, like, uh, asking, uh, like mirroring, but then leaving like the question. So like, you know, um, I, I had a conversation with my boss the other day, like I wasn't getting along with a coworker and, um, didn't really want to talk about it. And so she's like, we need to talk. I was like, okay. And she's like, so what's going on between, uh, you and your coworker? And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, well, it seems like you guys aren't getting <laughs> along. And I was like, we're not getting along. And she's like, well, no, it's not that you guys aren't getting along. It's just my perception is that, you know, you're not getting along. Is there something going on? And I was like, something going on? She's like, you know what? I think I'm over. I'm just like <laughs> reading into things. So, you know what? You're, you're fine. You're fine. Like, just forget I said anything. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that worked. I just got out of like this really uncomfortable <laughs> <Absolutely>. conversation. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, have you guys had, you know, like, are you guys knowledgeable of like any of like, these types of tactics? Have you ever yeah. had to use it? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, yeah, all the time. When I go to the grocery store, I use them. That's like, listen, I am special. I don't like to do anything myself. That's not my thing. Yeah. I like, I like nice things. That's what it's <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Talking yourself into an upgrade, getting free stuff. Exactly. Um, just being nice to people exactly. is fine. That's yeah. all you have to do. Yeah. You know, and you can be as slick with it as you want or as obvious as you want, right? But there's there are things I can do to entice someone to talk to me, right? Especially if you have that open digital profile. Like if I really wanted to work somebody in a malicious or professional professional, excuse me, manner, I would have someone with Ali's skill set pull up their social media and I would look up what they share. I would look up what their favorite sports team is. I would look up what books they read. I would look up all that stuff. You know, where do you have coffee every Thursday? Because people are sloppy. They check in at their favorite coffee shop every Thursday at four o'clock. So Thursday at 3.30, I'm going to go there and I'm going to sit somewhere you're going to see me when I'm walking in the door in your favorite sports team's jersey. And I'm going to be reading that book by Chris Voss. And then chances are you're going to come talk to me. I don't have to approach you, which is what sets off your spidey senses, right? Mm. So a lot of those things, the verbal judo stuff, as people have turned it on the internet, (laughs) it's really just obvious. And when you think you're slick at it, you're really just, it's amazing. I've had people that you would think look like they work as a Walmart greeter and they have done shady stuff all over the planet and they're really good. Um I think the best one that ever got me was one of my mentors walked up to me in a conversation and we were talking and he was like, I can get you to admit you did something you didn't do. And I was like, I don't really don't think you can, man. And he was like, yeah, watch this. And I was like, all right, go for it. So we're having a normal conversation. 
And he looks at me deadpan straight away, kind of switches to that interrogation face and says, so is that the last time you beat your wife? <laughs> so how do you answer that? <laughs> if you say yes, you implied that you've beaten your wife in the past. <laughs> if you say no, it implies you're still beating your wife. So which one is it? Which one are you going to choose? Right? It's, you just don't say anything at that point. Like, We're done here. Thanks. Lesson learned. Right. But you can do those little subtle things that, you know, she talked about from work. I don't have to give you information. And that's what I would tell people to be aware of is when you leave a conversation, Mm. when you're walking back to your car, take a couple seconds and think about what information you gave them and what you got in return. Mm -hmm. Chris boss is great at it. We had breakfast one time and I was, I got called out of the breakfast to another thing that I had to go take care of. And on the way out, I realized I gave that dude a ton of personal information and I got nothing from him. Nothing at all. I don't even think he told me what he liked for breakfast, right? And it's not intentional. It's not malicious. It's just the way conversations flow sometimes. They're one-sided, two-sided dynamic. But how much you give away is up Mm. to you. So if I'm an attractive female and I'm walking up to a door with an arm full of stuff, speaking from the physical security standpoint, you're probably going to let me in. You're going to open up the door and let me go in. And there's, that's just the way it is. It's politeness. We hold doors for people in our society. We, we take care of people. So there are things you can do. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it, especially if you're having a good time. Like if you want to sneak a, uh, a drink into a baseball game, put it in a baby bottle. Oh, yeah. We, right, we can Going talk a little, so clever. <laughs> we can talk a little bit more offline stuff, like about the stuff yeah. that I've done that that sure. I kind of gloat about, but I'm not willing to share. <laughs> but you know, and she's yeah. she's seen it happen, and she's like, mm, the, "What? How? Why?" Anyways, we we can talk about that offline, but sure. yeah. So so kind of along the same lines, um, if you're trying to protect yourself from like a stalker, you don't want your information. <laughs> out there right um what are like little things that the average person can do without needing like too much technical knowledge to protect themselves stop i mean checking nothing in. says you <laughs> stop checking in yeah, yeah. so monitor your digital your digital stuff right don't post you know i'm on vacation in greece yeah. Or my favorite book tour because I really love Harry Potter and Donald <laughs> Muggles or, you know, I love Taylor Swift because I think most of her music is about doing shady stuff, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> look which, So obviously, if you come up to me and you start talking about Taylor Swift, I'm more inclined to join that conversation. Mm-hmm. But do I have to? Like, no. Yeah. You can point at your neck and act like you've got a sore throat and just walk away. Nothing, mm. especially in today's society, throw a mask on and cough a couple times and walk away. <laughs> if they are actively following you, trying to talk to you still, something is amiss, mm, right? Yeah. And then you can escalate your response as needed. Either walk away more, but it's not the whole world has this, not the whole world. A lot of people online and communities have this whole, you know, spy cosplay thing going on where they, they act like they want to conduct all this stuff that they really don't want to do. Um, like I was doing some consulting for a large auto parts company and their one of their guys was going to China and he was like, well, what do I do if I see him following me? And I was like, nothing. What are you going to do about it? It's their country. Yeah. It's their government. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. 
And if you act like you've noticed that they're following you, congratulations, you're now a trade spy. Oh, right? no. Like you, you know, tradecraft, right? So yeah. now you've just made it worse for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, get new devices, go talk to somebody like Allie. Don't take your computer, only take the files you need, you know, digitally wise going into China, but accept the fact that people are going to follow you. People are going to watch you and that's okay. You're not doing it. Anything. This mm-hmm. isn't the movies where you need to go up and say something witty and they're going to do the cinematic chase through the city. It's not <laughs> going to work that way. They have all the authority and you have to understand that. You can't just run your mouth in yeah. foreign countries. Right. I think um, as she was talking about like, and you were you were explaining some stuff, I think one of the last times I saw you was um, during a, a t- the TAD sale, like yeah. handful of years ago and i think phil and the tad team they came up with this uh what was this like scavenger hunt this i forgot what, yep. what they called it but i remember i was all in the tad suit right i had tad everything on and i was i blended in with everybody else but cc was the oddball just looked like mm-hmm. any other tourist in the san francisco area and so for that scavenger hunt basically what it was is we all had these checkpoints that we had to do, and then you could gain points by uh, completing the task. But also, if you could, you know, steal or whatever, they they gave us extra points if if you could steal something from uh, one of the other teams. Me being sure. being conscious of, I'm in the Tad suit. I deployed CC to go kind of scout out all the other guys in Tad stuff and try to sure. gain stuff. And she was like taking photos, and we were communicating. It was like the coolest. That was really early on in our kind of relationship mm-hmm. when we did that. And it, we kind of really bonded off of that. I was like, oh, I can actually, like, she's on board with it and she's on. And it really showed that how conscious we were of things and how unconscious some other people were about their surroundings. And honestly, that kind of made me more attracted to her uh, early on was that she was on board with some of just personal security you know and physical security Mm -hmm. and just being aware and you know now it's it's kind of again uh, like i said earlier it's just kind of a practice that we we try to employ in our everyday lives we're not perfect obviously sure you know um, we have a public profile we're online our names (laughs) are out there you know but in the terms of that's a level of acceptance that we have but you know it's it's i don't know it was a random memory but i also remember they handcuffed us and I did not have my handcuff key. <laughs> it's not in my mm-hmm. pants. It's not in, it wasn't in sure. my pants. Um, <laughs> but yeah. she, she slipped out. And after that fact, um, we started teaching ourselves how to pick locks, just your basic locks, right? With the basic sear set. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and we, we, every now and then we'll challenge ourselves, like something we want to learn, whether it's like, let's solve a Rubik's Cube with using algorithms. It's just enhancing our brain activity, mm-hmm. we feel to mm-hmm. kind of uh, increase our odds in whatever situation we think outside the box or remember certain things. And that's why we constantly try to learn and, and try to learn from experts like you guys. But um, diverting from security for a moment, Allie, mm-hmm. you said that you are into autocross or as I remember, it's auto X. Um, yeah. What do you, and you do sim racing as well too. Correct. Um, I see you, your GT racing chair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in terms of, uh, are you on Discord? Do you do you, like? I am. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, what do you race physically in in your autocross? Like, what do you? So in autocross, it's a CSP car. Oh, okay. So it's a it's an NB Miata. Nice. Um, yeah, and then I'm also building a track car out of an O3 Miata currently. Well, as soon as all this 
craziness is over. <laughs> um, but the past couple years, I drove an STR ND. Oh, wow. Nice. I mean, yeah, so I used to... Just, just recently made the switch to STR to CSP. So this was supposed to be my first season in the CSP car. No. <laughs> my, my long, long, you know, younger Arwin, when he thought he was going to be a racer kid, uh, <laughs> I used to have a, a, like a Mitsubishi Evo. And my, okay. my, my splits weren't, weren't great. Um, that, that was all stock. But anyways, that I always, always wanted to go back to kind of just, again, mm-hmm. another challenge, a new skill set to learn or whatever. But I feel like my pocketbook, especially with a car like that would be, <laughs> uh, I'm so yeah. I very much, uh, am aware of like, oh man, that's, you know, autocross. I mean, sorry, Miata is, is you know, relatively easy to maintain, smaller car, smaller footprint, very nimble. Um, you know, obviously smaller tire size than like, let's say an Evo, which had like a 19 yeah. or 17 inch wheel. So tires weren't, and it's all wheel drive. So now I have to buy all yeah. four. But anyways, <laughs> what do you, what do you race on sim or what do you, what do you? A little bit of everything. So um, I'm part of two, not leagues, but two <laughs> races that we do consistently since all of this quarantine life has started. So we have uh, a couple that we do as like pairs as couples. And then uh, we created an all women's kind of race oh, that cool. we do every week too, just because a lot of our significant others are kind of hogging the sim all <laughs> week. So we kind of gave ourselves one night where all the girls can get on together and just kind of, you know, talk about whatever we want to talk about without the guys interrupting us. Nice. <laughs> and then I just practice a lot. So earlier I was just kind of driving. So I was driving Lime Rock and the um, NC Miata. And uh, I'll do some of the official iRacing races every once in a while. Usually not on weekends because it's kind of just a mess yeah. out there. <laughs> are, you, are you finding a lot of people getting into sim now that they're home a lot more or can't go physically drive uh, at, at these, you know, little more physical events? Or have you seen that uptick in your opinion? I, I think a lot of people have always been sim- on their sims. Like I had my own sim for a while, but recently sold it just because there was no reason to have two sims. <laughs> um, it was kind of silly. I've seen a lot of people just getting on more. So like Saturdays are kind of the busy days. So I have a bunch of friends. They're doing a 24-hour endurance race, four people per team of Nürburgring today. Real time or like game time, 24 hours? Real time, 24 hours? Real time, 24 hours. Whoa, okay. So they started that, I think, at 9 a.m. today. (gasps) And then I have (laughs) some other friends that are actually racing. So Valvoline is doing their own uh, series. They started it this week. I have a friend that actually helped create it and they have some nascar drivers that come are coming in and driving with some of my actual autocross friends and they also have road racers participating so it's kind of a it's getting to be more of a big deal i mean we've seen in the news um a lot of nascar drivers have actually lost some of their sponsorships because some of the unfortunate things that they've said on their sim device because they're all together on the same radio channel and if you say something and somebody else is recording it Mm -hmm. they're also recording you Mm -hmm. And so it's it it's kind of interesting to see how the esports has kind of risen so quickly. Yeah. SCCA has several leagues that they do. Um, Grid Life, NASA is kind of all doing their own things, and it's it's cool to watch because a lot of them are actually broadcast with real actual broadcasters. So it's a professional level broadcast yeah. that we're watching. And if you have a good enough quality uh, sim rig and you've invested the money into it, 
if you're watching it on the TV and you just kind of glance over for a second, it almost looks like real racing. Exactly. For a yeah. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saw that. I saw a couple like F1. I don't know if they were, what they were doing, yeah. but I was like, wait, yeah, hold they've on. They've been doing a lot. I, I, I couldn't tell. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on. Is this real or is this not? <laughs> yeah. And, and the audio chat, chat or the headset chatter was almost identical. It was the same. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, it, it boggled me to, to be where the level we're at, at least with, you know, sim racing where, yeah. You know, the guy was in a full-on sim, had gloves on and everything. Who knows mm-hmm. what his feedback was on the wheel. But at the same time, I was like, this is pretty close. Apart from like yeah. the movement, the cockpit movement. I, it, it was, I was like, mm, this is, this is crazy where we're at now with, with the gaming system or computer gaming systems yeah. and sims. It, and a lot of people do VR. So you actually almost feel some of the G forces that you're not going to get if you're just driving. So I have a triple monitor set up. Ooh. So you can at least see kind of next to you, yeah. like you're in a real car. But I've heard from people that have VR, you're almost feeling the G forces oh, a little so bit cool. just because it, it feels a lot more realistic. So a lot of people that get motion sickness have to actually take something for that because it's too much for them. And then with the F1, so I was watching uh, Lando Norris was actually doing some practice, I think at Coda. Mm. And he, after every lap, he would then call or he would have his engineer on the phone and he would send the lap over to his engineer, his actual F1 engineer, and talk through the lap. And they would go through the whole lap together and his his engineer would tell him what to change on the car, on his virtual car. (laughs) And then he would go do another lap and they would rinse, repeat. And it was, it was just really cool to see. Yeah. No, like, I, I want an engineer. Why? I know. <laughs> it's just, there's just so many. I don't know. It's just really cool to see. Uh, number one, uh, like for people that are not in the know, like if you ever watch any video, like let's just say F1 is a great example. Look at their steering wheel and look at how many buttons and things are on that thing. Oh, and yeah. You, it's you, a computer. Exactly. And you realize that. That's basically everything on the fly. They can adjust mm-hmm. everything, what their teammates who are, you know, the engineer, for example, they can adjust things on the fly as they see fit to, for any number of reasons, you know, reduce the number of pits that they need to do, uh, decrease the amount of tire wear. Um, you know, that's my novice knowledge of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure there's tons of other information that that computer tells you. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can change mid-corner certain elements of the car. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. So that's a whole, that's a whole over, again, another world of expertise that's out there. And, you know, you, I think this recurring theme on this podcast is you can be a psycho hobbyist of any field that you feel, you know, whether it's tradecraft, uh, social engineering, cybersecurity, sim racing, um, or, you know, being an athlete, you know, or, you know, like a CrossFit athlete into athletics or something like that, or even the simple programming, right? Um, I think I, for me, kind of, my thing is uh, become obs- not obsessed, but if you have a natural curiosity of things, go check it out, right? And I think offline, sure. I I've been yeah. in, for this quarantine, I've um, kind of had a lot of time to, at home because now my home is also my work area. So um, you know, I've taught myself how to three D scan and figure out how easy and scary. It is to kind of use basic tools to kind of uh, print things or achieve things. And it's it's cool, but also scary, I think, to see where technology is at now, where the average, you know, person has tools to do a lot. And I think that's, that's a testament of um, just knowing 
being conscious of what's out there and what people can achieve um, to also decrease your chances of being a target for something. I don't know. In my opinion, I, that's kind of where I see things at. Um, did you have any questions or anything? Uh, in relation to whatever it's similar. Yeah, it doesn't matter. To, to, to. Um, obviously I could talk about like <laughs> security forever. I have like a million questions about that. Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> how about this? Like what, uh, what what is some basic knowledge you think people need to know that you can share with our listeners just to kind of get them started um, on being a little bit safer from a physical sure, standpoint? This either physical I'll or give cyber. you both right okay. I'll give you both real quick just using the conversation you just had right now you've got people that are going to be listening to this on audio rewind and listen when they started talking about autocross listen to the inflection change the tone of your voice changes the person sits up. They lean forward. They're physically engaged, mm. but that also changes the diaphragm, right? So you can hear the difference in the voice. You can go back and listen to the excitement level. So That's how much from I love a, <laughs> absolutely. Well, but, and we no, absolutely. I was it. watching Logan the we whole time. I was do doing that. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things that you subconsciously will, if you take time, you'll learn that everyone is broadcasting, right? Mm. You are a broadcast device what you're wearing on your t-shirt what your car is what your if you're wearing an autocross t-shirt i know i can talk to you about autocross and you're gonna gush because mm. you're broadcasting that to me right so i also have this game when i'm teaching new folks that we do we'll, we'll go to a restaurant and i'll say analyze the waiter tell me what they want because they broadcast even subtly in uniform Someone broadcasts what they're into, whether it's a ring. People buy expensive watches. They want you to ask about that watch. They are not so going to be true. upset if they are rocking a $10,000 watch so, so and true. you say, tell me about your watch. So right? <laughs> now I've brought you in to me and all of that is broadcast. The other thing I like to do with noobs is I walk them out to their car and I say, show me your car. What are oh. you telling me about what's in your car? And I've had people with their friggin end of tour awards from their last unit sitting in their back window and i'm like what is wrong with you <laughs> i have your name your address what you used to do some of your accomplishments let alone i know you're into dogs you have a leash you have dog food you have a kid seat so i know you have a kid you have running shoes or leftover you got a jujitsu gi there's a belt sticking <laughs> out of your bag now i got gotcha, you right yeah be aware that everyone is broadcasting and it's they want you to ask. Mm. So if you can turn that down, it, I got a buddy that's done more shady stuff all over the world than, you know, 90% of the people pretend to do on the internet. And he looks like he works at Walmart, man. Like you would never pick him out of a crowd and be like, that dude's killed more people than cholera. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a super nice guy. Probably the most polite dude I've ever met in my life, but he will never register on your radar as a problem. Mm. So that is the actual, the gray man thing that a lot of people market off of, right? Yeah. It's not gray pants, gray t-shirt, buy my website crap. It's follow the law of averages. If you go into a parking lot and everybody parks forwards yeah. and you park reverse, that's weird. Just don't be weird. Mm. <laughs> Blending. Uh, mind. <laughs> so, so, I do that all the time. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on tattoos? 
Oh man, if you're willing to permanently put that on your body, I know you'll tell me about it. And I'm guilty. I'm, I'm guilty, right? I have a ton of tattoos. All of them are pretty much covered by you know t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. But absolutely, t- tattoos are a complete giveaway. You are willing to pay someone, hopefully someone that was good at it, so a pretty penny, <laughs> to put a tattoo on you. And even if it wasn't, I might be able to get you to talk more about how that was a horrible decision, <laughs> right? Yeah. Me and my buddies were drunk down in Juarez one night and we all went to get a team tattoo and it looks horrible. And oh, that's where I got Speedy Gonzalez from, right? <laughs> it looks like I got it in a prison cell with an ink pen and a needle. But all of these things are broadcast. Tattoos are a huge giveaway, right? Everybody, you know, when we were doing Trek and, we, and you kind of touched on it with the event in... Uh, the Tad Dog Patch show, which they flew me out to cover yeah. for the website. And they, the people running around were in Tad suits. Same thing with the Go Ruck event. Yeah. I sat in the lobby for Trek and I just watched people check in with bags. Mm. Oh, you have a GR1? You're probably here for me. <laughs> right. And they don't know me. Yeah. Let alone I had already gotten into their Facebook group with a fake profile and started trolling <laughs> them anyway. But I was on like half their teams anyway. But, um, I just sat there and took pictures of them all. And then halfway through the class, I'm like, and here's all of you checking in right now. These are your pictures, right? I know who you are based off what you're wearing. Mm. So if you go out and you buy the gray man tactical outfit, I know you're trying to blend in. So now you've just made yourself a target. The object is to just disappear and not be the one that was worth robbing for the guy on the street from the personal security standpoint. Don't have a personal license plate that says, I love diamonds. Well, chances are, <laughs> if I rob you, I'm going to get a diamond. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Stickers on cars. Yeah. Oh, you've got a from my cold dead hand sticker on your car. Well, I can probably break into your truck and get a gun. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's all out there. And that's just tattoos are cool. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. I'll admit, I like, I don't have any tattoos. And I never intend on um, getting one. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think, like, if, anyone ever has to like i don't know let's say i'm like a bolo somewhere that like there's no identifying like marks on me right like i mean i have scars but they're not very so obvious many, so but now we're gonna go in that too much internet too little internet of does the majority of the population that's your age have a tattoo they so if do. they do and you don't right so now oh it's the one without tattoos mm, right whereas if true. i'm working if I'm running against a certain group of military people that probably associate themselves with aquatic stuff, I look for a really expensive dye watch and a can of dip in the back pocket because it doesn't matter what persona they're putting on. They've almost always got their dye watch. Mm, that's true. That's right. True. Mm. So you've got these subtle indicators that you give off because you don't want to really not be seen. Everybody wants attention, Right. And they continue to give it off even when they're trying to be subtle. And you can pick them out just from the body language most of the time. But a dip dip ring in the back pocket and a dive watch, yeah, I got you all day long. <laughs> so you just have to watch what you're broadcasting. And if you want to change that, the objective is to either... You can go different ways for different situations, right? You either be the one that no one would ever want to go after, right? Or you're the guy that they never even think about going after. So if I'm going to target someone to rob, which most violent criminals have a 
a predator pattern that mm-hmm. they follow, they're going to watch you. Mm-hmm. They're going to decide, do I really want to do that? So there's times when having that jujitsu belt sticking out of your bag, maybe the reason that they decided they didn't want to roll with you. Fair. But at the same time, you're giving away. So it's just got to be tailored to what you're trying to do. Yeah. So it's a balance. It's ab- it's always situational dependent. There mm-hmm. is no... The, the coined response to any question in our field is it depends. <laughs> yeah. So it just depends. Do I want to look like I'm a baller so you come talk to me and ask me for stock tips? <laughs> yeah, then I'm going to dress up and I'm going to... Look the part. My, you yeah. Know, yeah. But if I show up to the New York Stock Exchange and board flip-flops, you know, talking about surf stuff, it's not going to work out. They're not going right. to let me in the yeah. building. Yeah. So, no, I think I think that it's kind of, it's a good way of, I think the, the, you touched on it very well in the sense of like printing, right? Whether you're printing in this for those that are not in the know. It's like if you if you carry a weapon, a concealed weapon lawfully, I should say, um, printing is the idea that you can see it over under your clothes. And I think that's the same concept here of like, what are you broadcasting out there? Are you printing that you are somebody of, that plays the part of the, the prepper or somebody that's, uh, you know, trying to blend in, you know, or not blend in? Like even the flip side of it, it's either or like you, you could be. Yeah, I think what you said, balance is, is key. It mm-hmm. kind of just depends on the situation. Yeah. And now, as you were saying, all, you know, do, are, do you have great pants? I was like, actually, I do. I should probably get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the it's color. The color I, love the, right? I, I yeah, actually love no. the color. <laughs> no? I would say 90, 90% of my wardrobe is triple out design, right? Mm-hmm. I like that they're made in the Bay Area. I love Brett. I like the way their clothes fit and they function. Same. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's not about the clothes as much as it is. There's so many other indicators. The most, most of your conversation is not verbal. It's nonverbal, right? Mm-hmm. How do you respond when I talk? Do you, if I ask you a question, do you access, do you look up to access certain parts of your brain for memory? And some of this is old defunct science and some of it is based off the individual, mm-hmm. right? But if you know someone and you take some time to learn how they respond, that's why kids can't lie to their parents because you know their tell. You know that when I say, did you do your room and you look down, you're lying, right? (laughs) Because you know, just like you know, when your dog did something wrong, people are like, oh, I know they did something because they're hiding in the corner. That's a (laughs) physical giveaway. Mm. Your dog can't communicate with you using English, right? Mm. They have all sorts of other ways to communicate. Mm -hmm. And it's just about what you're putting out. It's not the color. Like I could wear... We've all seen dudes and fully kitted up with rifles and still look at that guy and be like, man, he ain't doing nothing. Right. There's, it's not about what you carry as much as how you carry yourself additionally. Yeah. So you can have, okay, perfect example, affliction t-shirts. I <laughs> loathe the affliction bro stuff. I hate bro stuff, period. But <laughs> dude's walking around in an affliction t-shirt 90% of the time, he's never been punched in the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> But if I see a dude walking around in a Gracie jujitsu black belt seminar t-shirt, I'm probably not going to go up and punch him in the back of the head. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. that might be not what I wanted to get into that day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's Fair. just, oh, he could be a poser. I mean, I could look at him and say, there's no way that dude rolls. Right. Yeah, yeah. And 
right. It's all about both sides of what you wear balanced with how you act. Yeah, absolutely. And then Ali, is there something that you can add from like the digital landscape? What, what are some things people can do to kind of just stay safe, especially now with with more quote unquote data breaches, data breaches being more apparent and some of that information, as you explained, being a little bit more, I mean, there's at some point there's probably our information on the dark web, like you said earlier, what are some things people can do, uh, you know, in, in addition to the two factor authentication and I guess kind of piggyback off what Logan was saying, what you broadcast out there, what, what from a digital sense, is there, what are some basic things people can do? If any. Most of it comes down to just thinking about what you're posting, what you're doing, where you are, what you're connecting to. It's it's all the same things that we think about in the physical world. Are we going to go down to the shady neighborhood and just walk around for, for just for fun? Yeah. It's the same thing. Don't, you know, walk around the shady internet <laughs> just for fun. Okay, um, I will stop. <laughs> you can you can have things set up where like your McAfee can tell you whether a website is safe or not. Is it going to be a hundred percent? No, it's never going to be a hundred percent, but it's at least a start. So like, like we had said, like two factor authentication is one of the easiest things to do. Have secure passwords, be mindful about what you're posting. Like I also don't really post pictures of my face on the internet. I also don't like having my last name broadcast out there on the internet. Is it still easy enough to find a picture of me? Probably. Hmm. You can probably easily get my last name also, but uh, it's easy and it's hard enough for people that if somebody's mailing me something that a friend that I've talked to on Facebook or something, they have to ask me what my last name is so they can actually send me a package because it's not just out there. Hmm. And that's all I want. It's I'm not trying to hide it from the world because that's damn near impossible, but it's not super easy for somebody to just say, okay, here's a picture of her here. Here's everything about her. Yeah. And I'm just trying to make it just a little bit harder. So that's, I think about what I post. Um, I, I've said many times, you know, have a VPN, have some sort of antivirus set up. These are all easy things for the average person. Sure. Uh, UB keys. Should people start use like UB keys or not so much? I mean, you can if you want. It's just when I'm, I think about it as what is my mom capable of doing? My mom is Mm. fairly like technical, but she's also not super technical. So I I look at things as what is my mom able to do and go from there. If it's going to be too difficult for my mom to do, it's probably going to be too difficult for the average person. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No. Um, and, uh, is it a good idea to just have one VPN or kind of spread it out between VPN services, like have multiple? Because for me, they made it easy to sign up for one and then they got me in with the two year kind of like buy two years now. And then I accidentally bought two, two different ones. So now I have like multiple and, and I start and I switch constantly back and forth between mm-hmm. them. And unbeknownst to me, I thought that was actually a pretty good idea because I'm not solid on one, you know, set of VPN, but, um, mm-hmm. but what are, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe all of them are good, but is there one that comes to mind that you would suggest for new people that want to increase their security should look into? So it doesn't matter as much about switching VPNs, because if you have your VPN configured correctly, it's going to give you a new IP address every time and it's going to mask your IP address. I have two just because I have two and I was just testing some out. Yeah. So I use Nord and I use ProtonVPN. Got it. Um, And depending on what laptop I'm using is which VPN I'm going to use just because that is what I had installed on that laptop. And it was just that simple. Yeah. 
Um, I like Proton a little bit more just because I, I trust Proton a little bit more. So that's who we use for our email addresses. Yeah. And the, the good thing about Proton is they just seem to take security a little bit more seriously than even Nord or any of the other big players out there. Okay. They take security and privacy more seriously. Nord is good. It's still great. I like using it. That's kind of what I used for a really long time. It's what I used when I was writing my master's thesis and I needed to go to Russian websites because I was writing my thesis on Russian cyber warfare. Dang. And a lot of the things, if you're looking at it from a normal US IP address, yeah. they're not going to give you the same information oh, yeah, yeah. as if you're looking at <laughs> yeah. it from a Russian <laughs> <That> IP. <makes> <laughs> so I would go and pretend I was in Ukraine or, or wherever and, and get much better information for my research. So, question on on Nord. It, do, correct me if I'm wrong. There was some sort of breach on their end, or some sort of security issue on Nord, which is I discontinued. I have Nord too, but I discontinued using it for a little bit uh, during that time, just to, mm-hmm. so I know they would eventually fix it or patch it. But should we be concerned, or what was that breach, or what was that issue they had maybe a, a year and a half ago? Yeah, I don't remember what their specifics were, but I stopped using it for a while then too. Yeah. That's kind of when I, I started picking up, looking into other VPN. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing is, is as long as you can go in and feel comfortable with the fact that their information is now that their information now secure and and your information is private. Yeah, it's okay to go back to using it. Yeah. I'm still not using going to anything where I'm afraid that my information is going to be compromised. Yeah is the number one thing. Yeah. And if I'm doing that, then I'm definitely not going to do it on any personal computer that I have any other personal sure. information on if, yeah. if for whatever reason yeah. I wanted to. So it's the kind of thing like everything is probably already compromised or going to be compromised. We just don't know about. That's kind of how I look at things is with how many breaches there are out there. We probably just don't know about most of them True. because whatever company X, Y and Z just doesn't want to tell you because they know that it's going to kill their stock. It's going to kill their company. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. But whether I'm right or not, I I still just kind of operate with that mindset. Unfortunately, yeah. So I like I said, I like Proton more. Um, I think Nord is still good in the right circumstance. Yeah. And yes, they've had their issues, but Signal messaging has also had their issues, and they've just had to create their new keys and. We've gone from there. Yeah, awesome. Other than that, um, I think that's a great place to kind of end with both your guys' tips from a physical and cyber uh, side of it. But I would love the opportunity to guys have you guys on in the future, and as this kind of as your guys' podcast grows and your audience grows as well too. But also as we grow, and sure. you know, the <laughs> depending on how long we stay in lockdown, <laughs> you know, I, I would love to see how our conversation changes. If it does, or when we go back to some sorts of um, sense of normalcy, I would love to have you guys back on. Um, but it, it's been sure. quite a bit of a pleasure just, again, selfishly learning from both of you guys and <laughs> just talking and, and, and Logan just catching up with you. And, uh, I, know, I think you, you both blew my mind with like all the stuff that I learned from you guys. <laughs> and I mean, like I've been working in the security field for like four years. So I'm like, man, I can't even imagine someone that has like no knowledge would be like, oh my gosh, what I've been doing with my life. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, the world's a scary place sometimes, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. But no, but thank you to you both. I appreciate it again for, for being thank you. on. Uh, in yeah, terms absolutely. of uh, working people i know we talk about social media profiles but where can people 
listen to your podcast. What's your podcast? And if people do want to follow you, do you guys have a burner social media account <laughs> where they can follow you guys? Yeah, man. I pretty much post cat videos most of the time. But, uh, so... Uh, obviously, we have the website Rogue Dynamics. Um, so a tear line in the intelligence world is after a certain line on the intelligence report, and this is, you can Google it, it's out there. It's not anything super squirrely. It's where it's been approved to be disclosed outside of privileged areas, mm. right? So whether a foreign government has different classification abilities or understandings. So the tear line is the name of our, or tear lines is the name of our podcast. And it's basically... Just Ali and I talking about different issues and eventually we'd like to, to branch out and have people on. And then even just from this sort of thing, it's great because you don't realize what people don't know, right? Or what's common for you working in the security field might not be common thought for other people. And it's amazing how the lens that you view through things through will change your interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. So... And that's kind of what we're trying to do is just get some information out there for people to be able to grow. Because I think once you stop growing, you're, you're dead, basically. Absolutely. I'm and that's, uh, that. so that's Rogue's thing. It's not about, it's never been about profit. It's never been about glory or anything like that. It's kind of really low key. Um, but it's basically just to get people out of their comfort zone. Like we did skydiving events. We're going to do some training courses. If I ever stay in one spot for more than 20 minutes <laughs> uh, and that kind of stuff to help both professionals and people that are just staying at home doing nothing. I mean, you still have a threat pattern, right? You still have oh, the same things that apply that I use when I'm working in a hostile nation apply when I'm working in a shady part of town. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. And you can go through those areas without even realizing it really quick. Mm. You know, I think when I was there at Tad, Brett and I were walking around and we were walking, walking, and we we're just talking at night. And I didn't really walk right up to the Hells Angels clubhouse that's down there. I didn't even know there was one. <laughs> and I'm like, what's, what's this party? Right? Like, Oh, well, that, Went from yeah, <laughs> talk about you know random things. To, yeah. Oh, I mean, those are a bunch of Hell's Angels. Uh, yeah, like, that's kind of cool. Right? <laughs> like, what's up, guys? Yeah. Your uh, your analysis pattern to think about like, do I really want to try to sneak into a Hell's Angels club? Or <laughs> gonna be, uh, Steve Bushimi with a skateboard. Like, hello, fellow bikers. Yeah. Can I come in for a beer? Uh, it's not going to work out. But it could be fun. You never know. Um, so that's kind of the thing is, you know, the motto was made, geez, I think we started at Rogue in 2010 or 11. And it was the beaten path is for beaten people. So if you just continue to do the same things over and over again, that path's really well worn, right? Everybody's done it before. Yeah. And st- people try to be what they think they should be instead of just being who they are. Mm-hmm. So if it shouldn't be well-worn, go do something new. Mm. I I'm loving this being here, chilling work from home state that I'm in. I've gotten back into sewing masks and pouches and I worked on brushing up on my lock stuff. I've gotten to catch up with a ton of friends and I'm even working on sourdough baking like everybody on the internet right now. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> It's a mess. Yeah. I accidentally used powdered sugar instead of flour for the first day. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Super smart. Zero common sense. Yeah. Uh, um, So, 
I think everybody's got time right now to kind of stretch out and see where their comfort is and reevaluate where they were, whether it was prepping or, you know, just not being in a bad situation. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. people need to experience things and and get together with people that are different mindsets and different viewpoints and and analyze those things together to grow. Um, so that's kind of what Rogue is. So we've got, uh, obviously, on Instagram, we've got Rogue Dynamics. On Facebook, it's Rogue Dynamics. Uh, the podcast is on Spotify and iTunes. Um, yeah, I don't really put a lot on Facebook, to be honest with you. On my public Facebook, it's like cat videos and dog pictures. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. And Allie, is there, uh, can people Did you want watch- to add any social media yeah, to exactly. that? exactly. Yeah, so I have a website that I kind of just write random cybersecurity like tips and ramblings. Uh, that's AllieMarie.net. It's A-L-L-Y-M-A-R-I-E. And then my Instagram is really just me now baking sourdough and dogs <laughs> and cars eventually. Sim and racing. a lot of baking. Yeah, sim racing. Yeah, and I've been doing a lot of baking lately too. <laughs> um, but yeah, my Instagram, I, I opened it up recently just because I'm just literally posting baking on there <laughs> right now um but that's ali marie also but it's a number one number one y m a r i e e um just because instagram is silly yeah. and there's like millions and millions of people out there on it so getting a good username it's difficult um but yeah that's kind of it awesome nice well- Again, thank you guys both for your time. I appreciate it, and uh, thank you and your your knowledge. Uh, I again love to catch up and uh, again in the yeah. future and kind of see if uh, you guys have a baking business in the future or a sim <laughs> business in the future. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. uh, maybe not Logan because he's sugar sourdough. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. We'll get into that another time. <laughs> Why is that so thin? That doesn't look right at all. Yeah. We, uh, we actually have a friend that. Uh, he was on a up. Well, he was in a previous episode where he kind of fell into. Uh, he pe- was an engineer. Well, he, he is, is an, an engineer, engineer, and got into sourdough baking. And uh, he doesn't live too far away from us. And uh, man, just the smell in his home when he, it's fresh baked yeah. and it's uh and it's a, a science. Great friend to have. Yeah, and it's a, <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. it's a science. It, the conversation we had oh, yeah. was fantastic. Just kind of learning how again, psycho hobbyists just getting into it and. Sure. Uh, it's a it's a good appreciation and knowledge for us where we're like bread can be a probiotic. It is it can be healthy. It can be like yeah. something that you can incorporate. I was like I had this stigma. I was like it's just more gluten and whatever. And I'm like man, if when I eat his bread though, it's it's amazing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because it's homemade. It doesn't yeah. have all those chemicals, man. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing better than homemade bread. I just made sourdough yeah. for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I made another batch this week. And having my fresh sourdough compared to just any store-bought bread is just it's so different yeah. it's, it's so, a world so different. different for sure it's it's amazing so yeah yeah there's all sorts of fun stuff that people do with like the sourdough and sewing and it's always funny to see like how many of these huge tough guy prepper dudes on the <laughs> internet and i'm like but can you can you, you sew? sew and he's yeah. like i don't need yeah. to know how to sew and i'm like <laughs> well when your 400 dollars cry pants bust out the crop, exactly. what are you gonna do? <laughs> exactly yeah. or when you can't get food in the zombie apocalypse because you can't break bread and you don't know how to farm 
what's really cool? Well, I'll just shoot people and take their crops. Well, those wear out eventually, bro. Like, you can do that once or twice. <laughs> Me, my, my zombie team's got a sower, uh, a farmer, a baker. We're going to be living fat. Yeah. yeah. We're going to gain some weight. It's going to be great. Yeah. We're not doing that. So absolutely stretch yeah. out on skill sets anywhere you can. Absolutely. Anytime you guys have questions, feel free to hit us up. I'm sure yep. we'd love to come back and talk more. Awesome. With that, thank you very much for you guys' this time, and we'll see you guys on the next episode of If I Finish Podcast. Yeah. Thanks, guys. guys. Thank you. (laughs) See ya. See ya. Boy, that was a great episode. And please go check out Logan and Allie of Rogue Dynamics Tear Lines on their podcast, available on Spotify, and I believe Apple Podcasts now as well, too. Uh, Go follow them on any of their instagram or social handles if you can find them uh speaking of social handles make sure you guys follow our podcast at f2f podcast on instagram f2f podcast on tiktok and to listen to more great episodes go check out f2f podcast.com or anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts that's it for this week on the fight finish podcast